think you always need to do a self-evaluation first. That's always the best thing to do because before you can help someone else in a situation, you want to make sure that you're mentally able to do so. And if you can check yes in that box, then what you can do is, okay, make sure you're being consistent. Make sure I want to be supportive. I want to be determined. And then what you would do is you would give us a call, um, one aaa my kid or you can visit youthvillages.org slash foster and give us a contact and we'll go ahead and take it from there. May is National Foster Care Awareness Month. Joining us is Kyle Williams. She is with Youth Villages. Looking forward to visiting with Kyle this afternoon. Kyle, welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint on Bot Radio Network. Thank you for having me. Originally, you're from New Orleans, Louisiana, I understand. Yes, I am a New Orleans native. When's the last time you had one of those tasty beignets from the French quarters? Um, actually, probably be a year in September. That's a lot sooner than I've had one of those nice beignets from the French quarters, Kyle. I grew up going to New Orleans as a child. Now, this was back in the 1960s. I don't know what you were doing back then in the 1960s, but I remember I had an aunt and uncle that lived in New Orleans, and my uncle was a car dealer with Canal Ford. I don't even know if Canal Ford's still there anymore. I don't think so. I'm not sure, though. Let me tell you how far it goes back for me, Kyle. When I first started going to New Orleans as a child, the Superdome wasn't even there yet. And my uncle drove us to this big parking lot and said, one day they're going to build the world's largest football stadium right here. (laughs) Wow. There now. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't even born there. So you also studied criminal justice at Lamoan Owen College. I did, yes. Were you thinking about being a lawyer or a judge? Yeah, actually, that was my first thought. Once, you know, I got into school, I wanted to be a lawyer. And then um, I don't know how I ended up in social work and mental health, but it still allows me to help those families because I wanted to practice family law initially. So, you know, you're probably able to actually help families in a lot more practical way and just sitting there with a black robe on behind a judge's bench all day. Well, it could be. I guess it could be perceived like that on the <laughs> other end, but I'm excited about what I do now. So yeah. That's great. Part of what you do, too, along with Youth Villages, is you are a foster parent teacher at Harmony Family Center. Now, what is the relationship with Harmony Family Center and Youth Villages? They're both private agencies. They both work closely with the Department of Children's Services. They're reaching out to the community to certify those individuals who are passionate about becoming foster parents or kinship parents. Well, as I mentioned, May is National Foster Care Awareness Month, and that's why we're here talking about this. There are over 400,000 children nationally that are in foster care. With the right mix of support services, communities can help keep families together, and that's what Youth Villages is doing. Exactly. That's the goal. Kyle, the stats in Tennessee, there are slightly less than 8,000 children in foster care. There are less than 4,000 foster families willing to provide homes for foster children. Less than 50% of foster children are placed with a relative and either participate in a group setting or stay with a foster parent. Yeah, that right there serves as the greater need. That's why we're here doing what we're doing, because the help is so needed, and we have to make sure that we're available and ready to dive in and take care of that issue. National statistics, Kyle, say that 25,000 children enter foster care each year. Only 50% of youth in foster care graduate high school. Foster children suffer PTSD at more than twice the rate of U.S. war veterans. I didn't even realize that. 
Well, if you were going through the traumatic experiences some of these youth were going through, then you can definitely understand how that's possible. One in five foster children experience homelessness within one year of aging out of care. Another staggering statistic, at ages 17 and 18, one-third of young women in foster care are pregnant or are parenting. Do you see that through your work at Youth Villages? Yeah, we do have some kids that are parenting or have become young parents. That's just because, you know, victim of circumstances, the environment that they were in, and maybe not probably having that guidance to get them through it. And so, you know, maybe a step was missed and now they're here. But they also have the support and resources from youth villages to, you know, make that situation better. Nationally speaking, also, Kyle, more than 70% of inmates incarcerated were at one point in foster care system. That situation, you know, with individuals being incarcerated, you have to look at a lot of times they're only doing what they know or what's been modeled to them. Yes. So that's why it's so important to have positive role models. Those foster parents are those positive role models that we're looking for. So we can go ahead and break those generational curses. Great word there. Well, you know, most children in foster care experience feelings of confusion, fear, apprehension of the unknown, loss, sadness, anxiety, and stress. These feelings and experiences have to be addressed and treated. What are the steps you feel it just takes to address these concerns? Well, I think that one of the steps, or probably many of the steps, that we're consistent and we say what we say we do. If we're going to do something, whether it's providing resources, making sure you have 24-7 support, we're there and we're on top of it. Kyle, according to a study that was published in the Journal of Pediatrics, foster kids are six times as likely as other children to have behavioral problems, which you just mentioned some of these. Isn't the back-and-forth system of reuniting families, separating them again, and moving them among foster homes a contributor to further traumatizing these children? Some people would say yes, it is. However, we do know, and it is a proven statistic as well, that children are raised better with their biological families, and we want them to be able to do that. So the thing about it is not just getting the child help, but getting the entire family help, that whole system, that whole unit, so that everyone can be on one accord. And that way you won't have that whole back and forth or the child re-entering the system constantly because everyone is literally on the same page. I love that about you, Villages. Every time I visit with you guys, you talk about the biological family, the healing, the help, and the concerns you have for them, and the way a foster family comes alongside and is really part of the makeup of that healing for the whole family. Yeah, um, it's important. It's extremely important. If you were someone that was taken away from your family because of an uncertain situation, no matter what that, you know, person done or what that family may have done, you're still going to want to long to be with them. So why not allow that family to be a part of that healing process? Yeah, I think that's a good word. Well, what is the typical profile, Kyle, of a child that stabilizes in a new foster home setting more quickly with fewer problems to work through than, say, some other children? You may have a child that's a little bit more structured than maybe your traditional or typical child that's in foster care. So they understand what's going on with them, but they also have that willpower and that drive to know that, okay, if I can just get through this phase in my life, that I'll be able to reach that ultimate goal. 
and with knowing that it helps them to adjust a little bit better. And once again, also having that support constantly 24-7 allows them to do that as well. You probably get this question sometimes or somebody might respond to you by saying, you know, Kyle, I can't be a foster parent because it would be too painful to grow close to a child only to say goodbye to them. What do you say to someone like that? Understanding that ultimate goal is to have that child reunified with their birth family. So keeping that in the back of your head and your mind. So, And sometimes we tend to get you know, caught up and we start to love on these kids. Then it's time for them to go home and then it's heartbreaking. But understanding that you've done a greater service with allowing them to go back to the family that they love unconditionally, not to say that any love has been lost for that foster parent, but knowing that's the greater service behind it. When you talk about foster parents, Kyle, what are the important qualities of a foster parent to possess? You want them to be dedicated. You want them to be supportive. You want them to be consistent, stable, loving homes. All these things provide that concrete foundation that a foster child would need in order to succeed while they're in foster care. I know with this uh, COVID-19 pandemic, people are changing the way they do everything. What have been some of the changes that Youth Villages has had to make in the training and recruitment of foster parents in light of the current COVID-19 pandemic? Oh, Youth Villages had to get creative. Uh, There have been a lot of changes. So a lot of times we're working remotely. However, the classes that we use to help certify these parents to become foster parents have not ceased at all. We're still on track. We do a lot of things via web, Adobe Connect, Skype. We're constantly like in this virtual world, making sure they get all the information and resources that they need. And then if it ever comes to making sure we have to do a class that is face-to-face, we are following state protocol and guidelines and making sure that, you know, we're keeping it's only 10 people in a room wearing face masks, taking temperatures, using hand sanitizer, washing hands, sanitizing all the material, things of that nature. Okay. Well, has this pandemic created more or less need for foster parents and volunteers at Youth Villages? I would say it's created more of a need, a reason being because a lot of families have been affected by the pandemic, especially with job loss and things like that. So we want to make sure that we're constantly having individuals that are readily available Um, to take on a responsibility of possibly taking the kids in. And then not only that, sometimes uh, you may get, you know, somebody that just kind of needs that mental break. We still got to have somewhere to place that child. We want to make sure we go ahead and have them in a certified home that's going to give them just as much as care as the home that they just left from. I understand, too, that domestic violence and even violence among children during this pandemic has gone up. So you might need that safe place to take these children. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the main reasons. Um, Safety supersedes everything. So we want to make sure um, that we're constantly staying connected with these families so that we can keep um, all that in a more positive manner. So we don't want anything to happen. Well, as you mentioned, Kyle, parent training for foster parents is mandated by federal law and supported by state statutes in nearly all the states. How efficient and effective is the foster parent training that Youth Villages provides new foster parents? I believe that it's extremely efficient and effective. Um, We're very precise. We're very um, specific in the things that we do and we teach. Um, the certain behaviors that the children may display, um, ways for you to react to those behaviors and take those proper protocols 
in doing it. I think um, we do it an exceptionally well job in training these parents. As we talked about some of the emotional stress these children bring in, I mean, you could have a child that might have a problem with nightmares. Two o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden they rage and, and feeling a fear and they start acting out. How do you prepare a foster parent to handle a situation like that? Understanding, first of all, no child is perfect. No human being, no adult is perfect. So everyone's going to come with some sort of um, complication, especially a child who's in foster care and who's endured some type of um, bad or traumatic experience. So with that being said, um, I feel as though we also prepare the parent for that role as well, just giving them that concrete information and understanding how to deal with it and kind of just making sure we're observing the child while they're in the home. So you probably would know if a child was to have an episode like that because one of our wonderful counselors are probably going to prep you in. These are certain behaviors or problems that the child um, has been struggling with. So we just want you to understand, and these are things you can do. And if you have an issue with that, we have a 24-7 um, number that you can call with a live person on the other end who's going to talk you through it. You don't just give them a survival kit and say, hey, you're on your own. I mean, you guys provide support, ongoing help, like you said, 24-7. Right. Technically, we youth villages, the people that work uh, with these families, we are the survival kit. So your survival kit is live people. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Nothing is in a box or anything like that. We come to you and we do exactly what we say we're going to do. Oh, I love that. Once a foster parent, Kyle, goes through the training how soon can they expect a child to enter their home? Um, it varies with each family, just depending on what uh, preferences are, if the family matches the need of that particular child, because that's what we always want to keep in mind. We don't look for a child that's for the family. We try to find a family that's a perfect fit for this child. So um, just depending on a whole lot of different things and criteria. So you may get a placement soon as you become a certified foster parent, or sometimes it may take a few weeks to a month or so before you uh, get a placement. Also, you take time to go out to the prospective foster family's home to investigate, because there are certain qualifications that these homes have to meet before you will allow your kids to go there. Uh, yeah, we have to make sure that the environment is safe and ready, because we don't want to put these kids or our kids really into another um, harmful situation. So we have to make sure that we follow all steps, our protocols, and go from there. So we go through things with a spine to come. I mean, you have to have more than just a sleeping bag on the floor. They have to have a bed, don't they? Definitely have to have a bed. Sleeping bags are not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> not even trundle beds, as for that matter. But the child has to have a physical bed, a twin-size, full, queen doesn't matter, but it, that it needs to be an actual bed that you would want to sleep in yourself and feel comfortable in as well. So, yeah, we're not just going to let you put them in anything. Does the training that you offer foster parents who are looking to bring a teenager into their home, is that training differ from basic training or is it pretty much the same training apply to all? Um, we have trainings that are a little bit more tailored for teenagers, uh, just, just depending on, you know, Teenagers, a lot of people feel that they're kind of set in their ways, and so they're afraid to foster a teenager when actually they're extremely, they can be extremely laid back um, because they've been through the process so many times. So we give them that training on what that looks like and how to handle it. So would a 
family who is going to be a foster parent, do they get to decide which age or they just happen to be available from birth to teenager? Yeah, they can decide what age best fits them because we don't want them to feel overwhelmed. Um, the best thing to say is be true to thy own self, when, especially when you're doing something like this, because the last thing we want to do is, like I always say, um, make another bad experience for a child. So understanding that, are you willing to parent ages zero to 18 or you kind of want to stick with the preteen age? You just let us know and we can work with you on that. Also, when siblings are involved, do you try to keep family? Let's say you've got a, a brother and two sisters. Do you try to find foster homes for each of them individually, or hopefully one home would take all three children? The goal is to keep uh, siblings together. We never really and truly want to separate siblings. So if we find a, a family that's willing to take all three children, we're going with it, especially if they feel as though they can uh, handle it and they have the resources and the time and patience to do so, then definitely we're going to uh, root for that family. So like I said, once again, we look for the families for the child and not the other way around. And Kyle, how long did you say that the foster parent training take? Foster parent training can take anywhere between six to seven weeks. Um, Very detailed classes. The name of the training is called Tennessee Key. Um, It's a new curriculum that's just been um, rewritten by the Department of Children's Services. And in this, in these classes, you know, we basically focus on um, different things dealing with the child and helping you to cope with having this new child in your home. So that is very detailed and helps to explain everything that is required of the foster parent. Exactly. So, um, for instance, uh, helping, working with the counselors closely, taking them to doctor's appointments, um, things of that nature, just understanding are looking through the foster care system from the child through the child's eyes. So we literally go over all of that. I think it's important, too, we emphasize, Kyle, being a foster parent is not a part-time job just to make some extra money. Stipends don't cover the essentials of growing a child. So what are the purposes for stipends then? It's for the child. Just basically that money, that stipend goes to the child in particular, not necessarily to pay you for doing things, but it's just a small help of saying, you know, we're going to try and support you as well. So we always want to make sure that um, a family is financially stable beforehand, even becoming a certified foster parent, because we don't want you to think that this is a paycheck. It's not, it's not a paycheck. It's, we're only doing this for the child. Like, that's what everything is about. Stipend basically is going to maybe help out with some groceries, pretty much. Yeah, you know, getting them maybe some personal hygiene things and stuff like that. We want to make sure that they have all the essential things that they need. So that's what that stipend is for. Other things like medical expenses. So say you have an emergency room need at middle of the night or a Saturday afternoon, your kid's out playing with the neighbors, a baseball gets hit in the head with a ball and needs to go to the emergency room. Who's responsible to take care of those medical costs? Every child that's in foster care that's in DCS custody has state insurance. So that's who's taking care of it. It's the state's responsibility in that particular matter. So you have um, a documenting paperwork that shows that you're a foster parent and this child is in your guardianship at the moment. However, you don't have to come out of pocket for those particular type of medical expenses. Somebody right now listening to us, Kyle, who's thinking, you know, I think I might be interested. I want to know more about 
being a foster parent, what's what's the best advice and the best reason you would give someone considering becoming a foster parent? I think you always need to do a self-evaluation first. That's always the best thing to do because before you can help someone else in a situation, you want to make sure that you're mentally able to do so. And if you can check yes in that box, then what you can do is, okay, make sure you're being consistent. Make sure I want to be supportive. I want to be determined. And then what you would do is you would give us a call, um, one kid, or you can visit youthvillages.org slash foster and give us a contact and we'll go ahead and take it from there. And what's that phone number again you just gave? It's one eight 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 my yv kid one eight 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 my yv kid I love that. That's a great number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome number. And Youth Villages, a lot of folks aren't aware, but Youth Villages is one of the largest nonprofit organizations, not just in the Mid-South, but in the entire United States. You guys have offices not just here, but they're scattered all around. Yeah, um, we're in a couple of states. I want to believe maybe about 21 or more. Um, so we're doing our job as much as we possibly can in spreading the word and giving help and resources to those in need. Hey, Kyle, before we say goodbye, I love to hear stories, success stories, where you've seen time and time again, maybe you have a particular family you want to tell us about their story of foster care and how they've been a a vital part of helping see a family restored. Can you give us a story or two? Sure. So I can recall there was a time um, we had um, an adoption happen, and basically what happened was it was a younger child, uh, I want to say maybe born around 2018, that entered custody because of unfortunate circumstances. And they had been with their particular foster parents, I want to say, for maybe uh, a couple of months. And what happened was, you know, parental rights, you know, were terminated. The judge went ahead and ruled in that favor. And they ended up being adopted. And the great thing about it was, the foster parents had already adopted their older twin siblings um, maybe like a year or so before this particular child was born. So they just went ahead and said, hey, let's keep this sibling group together and we're going to adopt the little brother as well. And they did that and it was a beautiful thing. Kyle, what a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. And you get to see that and you get to see that, you know, we talked about People not wanting to become a foster parent because they get too attached to the child. And you got to see the bigger picture here. But there are those cases, like you just mentioned, when the circumstances for the biological family are never going to be good enough to return to that home. And so there are cases at times when you could potentially become an adoptive parent. You can actually adopt children through youth villages. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you can adopt a child through youth villages, and of course, you do um, have to foster them as well. Because we don't just want you to, you know, put a child in your home and you know nothing of them. So, kind of that uh, fostering kind of gives you that building rapport stage, and you'll do that for six months or more, and then you can be eligible for adopting that child. That do- that child is deemed adoptable. Not only that, um, we actually pay for those fees because adoption can be extremely costly. So that's something that's kind of off your head. You don't have to worry about uh, worrying about those finances. So we pay for that portion of it if you adopt through us. So can I call that same number if I'm interested in learning? I'm willing to become a foster parent at the start to build a relationship with you villages. But back in my mind, I'm thinking that I ultimately want to adopt. Is that a good way to start? 
Of course. Um, I think fostering is a great way of starting, of wanting to know if you're actually ready to adopt or not. So calling that number, we still will be able to help you and get you through that process, talk you through it, and get you certified. Give me that number again. And that number is one eight 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 my kid And what are some other things that you Villages is doing during this month of May for National Foster Care Awareness Month? We are partnering with a lot of small businesses actually here in Memphis. Um, right now, I believe at So Nutrition, we have um, a signature tea drink, and it is the a color, that baby blue color of, for Foster Care Awareness Month. Um, we also have some other small businesses that are helping us to promote foster care awareness um, by handing out flyers and putting it on their product as they deliver it, um, making sure they're following the uh, COVID-19 protocol for making everything contactless. So we give them that information and they gladly hand it out for us and spread awareness also on social media as well, um, just making sure you following you villages, liking the page, or you may see the hashtag National Foster Care Awareness or Foster Care Awareness Month. And those are things that helps us to spread awareness. Oh, that's great, Kyle. Hey, you know, a few moments ago, you mentioned about volunteers or I asked you about volunteers still being needed. What are some of the opportunities that volunteers could have with you villages? Um, if you're wanting to volunteer with you villages, you can become a mentor. Um, that is one of the big, big programs that we have, and that way you can meet um, the different kids that are in those programs and that uh, you can see the personalities and just how much they beam, and then a lot of times that can even lead to fostering as well. I love that, Kyle. Thanks so much. This has been a great time together. Kyle Williams with Youth Villages. Don't forget, friend, that May is National Foster Care Awareness Month. Be aware. Be prayerful. Find out where you can connect. If you can become a foster parent, please do so. There's no better organization than Youth Villages to do it through. And so call that number that Kyle gave us, and I'm going to ask her to give it one more time. I know it starts with 888-KYLE. Sure, it is 1-888-MYYBKID. All right. And the website, too. Give that address so friends can go by there. Also, the website, www.youthvillages.org slash foster. All right. Kyle, thank you so much for what you're doing through the work of Youth Villages. Thanks for stopping by and joining Bot Radio today. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks so much for stopping by. Hope you have a great afternoon. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.